Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Surewinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace, and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the Allbrace, and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. Hey guys, welcome to Torch Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and uh, today is uh, the second episode of all the guys from GDU coming in. And so we've got seven, eight, eight guys in the room, right? Did I count that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to hear from each of them, uh, introduce themselves, tell a little bit about their experience here at Aaron Overhead Doors. So we're going to start with Marty Armin. Did I say that, pronounce that right? Yep. Armin. Uh Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your company and where you're from. Uh, Marty Armin. Uh, Grace. Yeah, speaking for the mic. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll turn. There you go. There we go. All right. First timer. Uh, Marty Armin, Graceville, Maryland. Armin's Garage Doors. Um, family business. Dad started it in 75. I took it over 2016. Currently got three full-time techs. Myself and my mom still answers the phone. Nice. Do you have any conflicts with family ever? No, no, no. Every time, every, <laughs> like all day. I, the the one thing um, about a family business is I feel that when you've been doing it for so long, it's kind of the only thing you know how to talk about, mm. and it's hard to get that separation. Um, even you know when you're telling your parents that you're having a baby or at Christmas or anything like that. So they're like, "How are you going to do garage doors uh, <laughs> with a baby?" Yeah. <laughs> Strap him to my back and go up the ladder. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, Marty, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, coming on the show and uh, coming down to Aaron Overhead Doors and spending some time with us. Um, what were some of the takeaways that you felt were important to you and your business that you might want to implement? And or what are some things that you think you do very well when it comes to culture that you could share with us? Um. I think the the biggest thing is just caring about your employees and understanding what's going on in their lives to help you and them, you know, to, to work together. Um, and, you know, common interests and stuff like that and being able to allow them to have the family time that they need and want and, uh, Yeah, I mean, from an employee standpoint, I think that's valuable because if they think you value money more than them, 
then it's flipped. Even though we are in this to make money, and we can't lose sight of that, right? We're here to make money. But if they feel like just a machine to make money, then it doesn't feel right, right? And and so uh, it's we talked a little bit about this uh, in the last episode with the other guys, is that it takes a lot of trust in your employees that if you treat them right, they'll treat your customers right. Um, and if you have the right people, that will happen. And so, but as a business owner, it's called faith, right? Believing in something unseen. And so you're you're trusting and believing that if you treat your people right, that they're going to treat your customers right. And that's a tough thing. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, you almost have to reevaluate yourself and also your staff and make sure that you have the right dynamics there. But, yeah. And just... Um let them be proactive in the decision-making um, with new hires and uh, even policies, pricing, all of it, jobs. You know, I've got some jobs that are pretty far away, and I'll always ask them, like, hey, big job, two-hour drive without traffic. Would, you know, something that would be okay. And uh, usually it's yes. Um, sometimes it's definitely a no, like especially when it's going to be done around the summertime. Mm-hmm. Or the winter time, my guys like to hunt and fish. So, if it's not hunting season, it's fishing season at home. So, it, you know, yeah. that's always you know, and then try not to work weekends or anything like that. Yeah, and if you need to cover weekends, you can do alternating schedules, right? Like what we do is Saturdays are big days for us in service. So we'll have like one week. A guy will work Monday through Friday. The next week, they'll work Monday through Saturday. And the next week, they'll work Monday through Thursday. So they'll get like a long weekend off um, one week, a long, like a little bit of a longer week the other week, and then a normal week. Um, and that helps out a lot. It gives people the opportunity to um, <coughs> to have some time and uh, spend that time. And if they schedule it right, they can take little vacations. They can plan Maybe they take one of their like paid PTO days on a Thursday or a Monday, and now you got four days, you know, or it just makes it a lot easier, right, to utilize your PTO and um, have that relaxation time. So, and if you coordinate well enough, uh, you maybe can get your spouse or your kids or whatever to take that time off as well. So, good feedback, man. Thanks for sharing. All right, bro. Shamrock overhead doors. This guy right here uh, comes up with some great content. I love watching some of the stuff he comes up with. He's extremely creative, uh, so I'm gonna let him introduce himself and tell him t- tell us where you where you're from. Go through it. Awesome. Uh, my name is Joshua Ray Smith, and hail from Boston, Massachusetts. Actually, it's Walpole, but <laughs> um, anyways, last time I was down here in Georgia. I was uh, just getting out of uh, basic training. Imagine that. So it's, uh, it's, it's great to be down here again. Um, so I started Shamrock Overhead Door in 2000, late, uh, about going into 2010. I just came off, came off a combat tour in Afghanistan. Uh, the, the, the market was still suffering from the crash of 08, and nobody was hiring uh, in our industry. Nobody was hiring, so couldn't uh, couldn't find a job anywhere. In fact, job that I had uh, lined up when I was due to come home, uh, that company closed because of the recession. So from there, I uh, 
took a, literally took our last 40 bucks and got a business license with it and got some white line paper and went door to door and told everybody I was Shamrock over that door and now we're here. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, um, I mean, again, it's definitely an honor to be down here. Uh, I started following your podcast, Ryan, about about a year ago, I believe. And I was like, you know, this 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 industry is just absolutely amazing. I mean, now we have somebody who runs a podcast. You know, like just that's awesome. So, um, so and you're on it. Yeah, and I'm on it right now. Oh my god, that just oh man, you're right. That just hit me. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so. Yeah, we, um, you know, coming down here uh, to Aaron Overhead Door was just such a, it was, it was a mind-blowing experience because, you know, I mean, we were just having some discussions about this, that there's really, there's really not a lot of guidance for our industry, right? Like, we don't, we don't really have those places where we can go and, and, and catch the information that we need. I mean, the, the information comes uh, in integrals, so, so it's, it, it gets it, it gets convoluted at times. So coming down here to actually go to a another company and see how they're doing it um, has been absolutely uh, mind blowing. But um, and I encourage door dealers everywhere because I've been blessed just because I do the podcast. I know a lot of people and they invite me like or I'll ask them, hey, can I come check out your operation? I see people post online and if they're like bigger or older than me. And, and you have to be careful, too, because, like, um, if you're a small operation and uh, you come here or you go to somewhere else and they're really big, it can feel overwhelming. But in reality, you have to look at it in different areas, right? So, like, when I went up to um, Cincinnati to visit uh, Adam Weber, who just did a show with us not too long ago, uh, I came back here and I was frustrated because I was like, man, he's got this, this, you know, he's all this profit and all this stuff and I'm freaking banging my head on the wall and I feel like I'm freaking failing all the time. Uh, but then you have to look at things. You, you can really get discouraged that way, but you have to look at things like what do we do really well, right? right? And then let's just build on that and take it a day at a time and not, not compare ourselves, but just look at it and be like, hey, this is them. They're unique. They got their own personality. This is us. We got our own personality. Right. And we can still take things away from each other, but we still don't want, like, there's no sense in anybody in this room trying to be Aaron overhead doors. Just like, I don't think I need to be AE door and window. But he does so many things well that it's so good to see it. And when I come back here, I can be like, hey, do you remember, like, Josh and I both went, do you remember when he did this? I'm not saying we do it exactly that way, but what if we did it this way? And he's like, yeah, that would work here. And so that's the type of thing, like being able to visually see it and take things away, I think is freaking huge. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be like through GDU or, um, you know, whatever. You can like reach out to people on Facebook. And like nine times out of 10, I see these guys that are like, yeah, you guys can come visit. I mean, that's just cool, right? And you can go to different places and, and, and see different things. Uh, I got two or three guys that I'm trying to go visit. Most of them are up north, so I'm kind of waiting for the snow to melt and <laughs> get a little warmer. But uh, come on up to Boston like anytime. Yeah, <laughs> Some, uh, maybe the middle of summer. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, absolutely, we'll absolutely. Wait. No, I mean, it, it, but you're right though. It's like that. You know, every it's like it's like everything has. There's so many different ingredients 
that we can pick and choose from. Yeah. You know, um, so many different CRM systems, and you know, you got uh, House Call Pro, Service Titan, and everybody uses a little bit of everything. But it's like you get that information, you take it back, and you apply it to your systems. Like company culture, right? Yeah. If you're talking about company culture, I know that that is something that's absolutely important because that is one thing I promised that I, I promised myself that I was going to build. Uh, yeah. Talking to the mic a little bit. Sorry. You're good. I'm not used to being in the studio. <laughs> I don't think any of us are, right? No. 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 Okay. I'm the only one. <laughs> He's the only one. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the company culture is absolutely something my God, we, I mean, we started applying, um, you know, like, you know, little games, uh, my, my wife came in and ran her first meeting uh, for Shamrock last week and she did, she absolutely killed it. She ran a little session called sweet and sour instead of like, uh, you know, your, your highs and lows. She was like, she took sweet and sour and she had, uh, you know, she had like little food designs up on the on the big screen. You know, we run our meetings every Tuesday morning. We cut out that we invest that one hour uh, to everybody to really hear them out and uh, come up with ideas together. We went axe throwing last month. Um, awesome. You know, I mean, but but yeah, she came in, she killed it, and I really feel that everybody walked out of that. I, I love seeing it when everybody walks out of that room, and you know, just get pumped up for the day. You know, it's it's amazing. So, well, thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Jason uh, from sunny California. It's snowy, sunny California where you are. No, not really. Actually, no. No, It's the summers that are rough where we're at. It's like 115 degrees. Mm. Yeah, winters are nice. It's 70 degrees right now. 115. Yeah, it's rough. I did not know. It's rough. Could you like how close are you to the coast? Like three and a half hours. So you don't get a. Yeah, we're in a little valley, so. Yeah, all the heat from Sacramento and San Francisco like comes up the valley and just stops. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like high end there? Uh, no, it's uh, it used to be called Poverty Flats, uh, but we're changing that, right? So we're pushing high end doors, even though people say we shouldn't. It's um, your niche, bro. Yeah, that's right. So tell us a little bit about your company. Uh, what city you guys are in? So yeah, we're uh, I'm Nathan. Pro Garage Doors is our company. Uh, we're in Redding, California. About three and a half hours north of San Francisco. Um, so yeah, we started 2018. I sold a door business in Colorado and moved out there. Um, yeah, we've got three techs, um, myself and our office coordinator. Nice. So. And so what made you want to move to California from Colorado? <laughs> uh, well, um, we were ready to get out of Denver as a bigger city, and uh, we wanted to get to a smaller town, a little bit smaller local culture. Um, so yeah, we hunted all over. We went to 26 different states f- trying to find a place we wanted to live and wow. ended up in you Redding. You traveled around that Yeah, way? we went all over the East Coast. What's the city name? Uh, Redding. Okay, I'm yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. There's a church there. Yeah, yeah. That's really popular. Bethel Church, yeah. Yeah. They have their own, like, music. Mm-hmm. Bethel uh, music. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, good, too. Pretty popular. You guys yeah. are into some freaking gangster Christian, uh, not gangster, by the way, <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, no. it's like really good worship music. Yeah. Out of a hundred thousand people, I think there's like ten thousand people go to church there. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and your pastors are like—is is that where you go to church? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Your pastors are like really big on social media, and I won't say who did their garage doors, but that's okay. You didn't do them. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah. Um. All right. So, what are some takeaways you've got, uh, or things that you do that you felt like uh, 
would help us? Yeah. Um, one thing I really liked was atmosphere. Like you're creating an atmosphere that people actually want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, our, our shop is kind of a rough looking shop and there's, you know, it's just a little hole in the wall. Uh, we don't have a break room or anything and, uh, coming here, it's just, it's nice when you walk in the conference room and you're just like, ah, it's nice in here. Like I'd, I'd like to be in here. So, um, trucks are nice. Like warehouse is clean. Like there's the you enjoy showing up. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking about, you know, is like this all costs money. So how do we change our pricing structure so that we can provide this? Um, I think deserve it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm walking away with is like, let's change our pricing structure in a way that we can, we can make this happen where we're at too. Yeah. So that's awesome. I like that a lot. Thanks for sharing, dude. Uh, that's a unique answer. I haven't had that one yet. Thanks. So, uh, I do believe like, and, and I'll give a shout out to Tommy Mello. Like that's his thing, right? Like, uh, if you want it bad enough, raise your prices and go get it. That's right. Uh, and, and that doesn't work in every scenario, but it's genuinely a decent model. Yeah. Um, but you can't go crazy with it. Right. But if you, if you like right now I have this like dream org chart that I created and, uh, it's got couple layers and it's i think our company would run like a freaking well-oiled machine and be amazing if we had this org chart right and um it's like what is it going to take to get these people and so you're looking at a lot of different things like some of it's just going to be natural growth uh some of it's going to be like adjusting pricing so i would try to be proactive adjusting prices to try to get to the point where we can get those people um and that was just an idea that I had gotten from Tommy where he was like, why do you have to wait? Why not raise your prices now as if you already have those people and then um, you know, prove that you can do it and then go hire those people. And some of yeah. these employees, like you do it right, they'll pay for themselves. So I think that's uh, really cool too, whether that's making it more efficient or being able to cut cost. Right, and that's another thing, not just raise your prices, but how can we refine our process in a way that we're being more profitable so we yeah. can afford that. And, like, that gives you a reason to do it, too. Like, everyone, all of us need, like, a little kick in the butt to make things happen, push things forward. Um, so if you can see where the vision is and what you want to come out of it, it kind of helps you, like, okay, we can we can sacrifice here or there because we know what we're going for. Yeah. So. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan, yeah, for sharing. Bro. Sebastian. So Sebastian's in Arizona, and uh, he's probably our most unique personality and fun-loving person that we have in the entire group. Okay. And what I love (laughs) about Sebastian is he's extremely innovative. Uh, He understands technology, but he also understands garage doors, which is a very unique mix. You don't get that a lot. And so uh, he's able to contribute a lot in the group uh, to helping out and giving ideas his mind works in a path of like marketing. Um, he takes a lot of pride in his business and I just love your passion and everything that you do. So Thank you. Uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your company and where you're from. Okay. Um, my name is Sebastian LeBlanc. I own iconic garage door service. We're out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So um, I started this a year and a half ago. I left a company that was just, there was zero company culture. It was horrible horrible um and i I don't know why i stayed there as long as i did but um i knew i wanted something different and i interviewed with a couple companies around town i felt like it was not as bad as where i was but it felt a lot the same you know a lot of the 
felt like they were people were just numbers, you know, and um, I called a couple people that I knew from the past and they, they, they knew me and they respected me and um, they knew what I wanted to do and where I wanted to, what kind of company I wanted to build. And I got really lucky with the first two, two hires that they're just amazing people that have put everything into it just like I have, you know. And, um, you know, I genuinely care about, you know, our, my people. So, and we, we started out strong and uh, I was actually really excited to come here because we've grown pretty fast and, you know, in my opinion. Anyway, I would say so. Yeah. You got probably one of the fastest growth proje- uh, trajectories of anybody I've ever seen. That's yeah. such an early stage. We, we, um, I started out with a, a installer and, and me and I hired a girl day one. Um, and then within six months we hired another tech within another three, we hired another tech three months later, another tech. And now we just hired another door installer and I'm moving, uh, one of my guys up into the office. So now I'll have like a manager type role in the office. So, uh, but they, How old's uh, your company. Um, so I, I took six, seven months off and, and before I really got it going and just, went through every process and problem that I thought could come up and how I want to handle it. And so the company, we officially launched uh, July 15th of 2020, but really, I, I mean, I took six months before that and put all the pieces together before we so started. that's interesting. I've never heard of anybody doing that, but maybe that played a huge role in the ability to scale the way you did. It did. Um, I'm lucky to have a good mentor with my dad who owns a, a big, like, um, uh, it's a big company. Um, why I don't work for him is ridiculous, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, but he's it, obviously a good mentor and then was able to give you some guidance. Yeah. And so when I left, I was like, I need a truck and a rack and let's go, you know? And he's like, and he talked me out of that. Actually, I definitely got to give that credit to him. He's like, no, you need to take, three, four months. And, and that six months, I remember going through a drive through and the, my card declined. I remember, I mean, I sold mm. pallets of, of meat. I was selling meat door to door, trying to get my company. I was flipping RVs, just doing anything I could to keep the bills paid. You know, we had just bought a house. It was crazy. <laughs> then I had back problems. It was nuts. We made it though. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. What, um, what's the takeaway that you would like to share, uh, with about Aaron overhead doors or something that you do that you feel like you, uh, we could take away? Uh, it starts from the top. Ryan doesn't pretend to care about his guys. There's a lot of guys that in companies where they're like, okay, I, I need these people. So I need to pretend like I care about them. And, um, Ryan doesn't do that. Like you can tell he genuinely cares and wants his guys to be happy and succeed. Um, and you can see it in the way he runs the business, the way he hires his people. I think he's careful, very careful about who he brings in. Cause he's going to be passionate about that person and, and make sure like, you know, and I've been burned so many times before, I think that you almost grow into having to be careful and spend a lot of time making sure. I mean, our hiring process now is like if we have somebody interested, Tamara talks to them first. She's asking questions to see their good culture fit. 
Then I talk to them. Then we bring them in and they meet with uh, me, uh, my general manager, and Tisha. And um, and I've made mistakes and rushed the process and offered somebody uh, quickly. And that's bit us in the butt before. Yeah. You guys have the same thing? Can I say something? This, Nathan. Uh, yeah, one thing that really struck me yesterday in, in regards to that was uh, you said it, you had to let somebody go that was a good employee, and that yeah. was that struck me pretty big. Like, well, we want to be a great company. Not a good employee, or like but a, like okay. a great installer, yeah. just didn't fit the culture, um, had a bad attitude, and he was a freaking killer door guy. But right? the fact that he wasn't, like, great with your culture yeah. was enough, and, yeah. yeah, that struck me pretty big. Yeah, the higher the standards, I think, the better – it, it gets, yeah. So, so we did, um, we did all that work out of a shipping container on an empty lot that I own. It's kind of crazy, you know. Uh, but we just signed a lease. Actually, when I fly home, where I'll be signing the lease. Congratulations! And yeah, I'm excited about that. And so to see s- some of the way you guys were doing stuff, you know, like just organizing a warehouse, I feel like is just. I was so stressed out about the warehouse all the time going up to AE door in a window and kind of seeing like what racks he uses and how he stores stuff. Like it's amazing just how much that helps, right? Like just marking it off the list. So you don't have to stress about it. Cause nobody wants to set up a huge warehouse yeah, and then have to redo it. Like, you know, I mean, so yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. great. I took a lot from this weekend. So That's I appreciate good. it. I'm glad makes me feel good. Sure. All right. And you probably gave Tamara the hardest time. Consistency. And everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer's not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries. And they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the Season 6, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their uh, their post. The Bifold Doors are awesome, and they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media. 
if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better bifold than Schweiss. You think? I did. A little bit. She she did great. She did great. We were like, we're driving back to the hotel, and she's like, no, we can't do that, Ryan. This I'm like, Ryan is not here. I don't care. No, <laughs> she well, is like, you guys are proposing yeah, like, I we're not gonna to mention hotel. it, you know. <laughs> so, if you guys were going to rob somebody, that's no. probably a good thing that she was holding you back. She, she's got your back, bud. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, all right, bro. Choice garage doors bring it to us, man. Let us know. Yeah, I'm Ivan and uh, Choice Garage Doors, like Ryan said. Um, yeah, I had a great time here. It was really good to... Where are you guys out of? Oh, sorry. Yes. Afton, New York. So Nobody knows where that's at. But yeah. How do I explain that? Three and a half hours from New York City in the hills. So. There you go. Yeah, take a buggy to get there. How long have you, uh, how long have you owned the company? So I started, uh, on my own doing garage doors in 2012, um, been in the construction industry all my life, but only ever installed maybe two doors. So that's how I started. Very nice. <laughs> so one thing about Ivan that I absolutely love, I'm drawn to people like Ivan because uh, he makes good decisions but uh, doesn't trust himself a lot. And so watching him, like, starting to trust himself over time – which you're pushing me to do. I'm challenging <laughs> you. Um, is freaking so fun to watch, though, dude, because it's freeing, right? Like, you are a smart guy. You make good decisions, and you second-guess yourself too much. But when, when I'm starting to see you come out of your shell a little bit and trust yourself more, it's freaking great. And I can see that it's less stress on you, and you're starting to trust more and more. And, uh, and I just, I freaking love it, dude. I love watching you, uh, do what you do, man. It's fun. Thank you. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, this best part of the G GDU groups, I think is just, I mean, my group, we got to n get to know each other and ask each other pointed questions and hold each other accountable. Um, sometimes we, talk about this and that and maybe don't get to the point as much as we should. But, um, yeah, it's been, good. It's been really good. So what is something that you learned here that, uh, that you think would be valuable to point out or something that you do, um, that you think that we would enjoy? Well, one thing that stood out to me here was it was, it's, you know, it's easy to talk about company culture, but seeing it, it's like, wow, you know, um, and, I feel like at home we have a good company culture. We, all, my whole team member, our, our, our core values are very, very similar, like phenomenal, you know. But uh, I, I guess a lot of this is just leadership developing, um, seeing my need for leadership develop and then and being able to uh, develop leadership within my team. And I think Ryan has done that a lot with his team, and you see it. You see it in Josh. You see it the way Josh relates to – you know, the other employees. And one thing I noticed, you know, if you go ask, um, you know, employee what they do, I see a lot of humility there. And, and yet, um, each, they all have each other's back. Mm -hmm. they, you know, um, 
I don't even quite know how to explain it, and I can't quite process it all, but I can just, just amazing stuff going on here, hearing Josh talk, you know, where, like, you know, uh, not Josh, JoJo. Jo- oh, yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Uh, you know. He's one of my service guys. Yeah, yeah. He didn't believe the company culture was what you said it was right. until he joined, he and after he was part of it, he was like, wow, you know. And just seeing that, it, it, that was really, that interview with Joe, with JoJo was, it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Really was. Man, just, I mean, everybody working together and asking important questions. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, Jay, what up, big dog? What's happening? All right, so my biggest challenge here is... <laughs> We're trying to keep this under like three hours. Everybody that we've knows me is laughing right we've now. We've done very well. We're <laughs> at 29 minutes, and uh, now we have Jay. Yeah. This very well could be 60 minutes before we get to the next guy, but uh, no. I can Jay's got one of the biggest hearts of anybody you've ever met in your <laughs> life, and uh, I admire him greatly. Uh, you know, it's easy for guys to get hard um, or to pretend like you're hard just to uh, create that tough exterior. Um, I love it when guys wear their heart on their sleeves. And yeah. Jay's one of those guys. And and I feel like if I ever really needed somebody to talk to where I could trust them and I could, like, pour my heart out and ugly cry on the phone, like, Jay would be one of the top <laughs> guys I, I feel like I could call. And he would give me good advice. And he would be compassionate and caring and show empathy. Um, he, he carries a lot of the characteristics of a great leader and, um, he's been around the earth, like probably since dinosaurs. So maybe that <laughs> plays a role with yeah, it. I'm the old man in the group. <laughs> yeah. But probably about, gi- I think about 20 years on everybody. He, he gives great advice. Uh, it may take him 30 minutes to get to the point, yeah. but it's great advice. And a, l- a lot of the young bucks in the group, um, including myself, uh, learn a lot from him and he, he. Uh, he does a great job of, of kind of helping out with the younger cats. And I, I think you still learn, too. Oh, yeah. That's he's still hungry part. and learning. I think that's, that's freaking awesome. Actually, yeah. yeah. I'm like 95, and he's still learning yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. It's I awesome. Know. Yeah. I, am, um, I, I opened OCS um, August 2000. Hun- 2000. 2000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm going to push 22 years here pretty soon. Is this BC and or AD? Yeah, BC or AD. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been an, a fascinating experience. And, and the reason I left, I, I actually had an opportunity to buy a Sears dealer store and realized that wasn't a smart move way back. Um, but, you know, the reason I bought, I started the company was because I wanted to make sure that I could spend time with my boys. And I, I had some offers, pretty nice offers. And I just, I just didn't want to spend the time. And I've, I've learned I'm not the only one that's walked away from from big, big money to do something different just, you know, for other reasons. And uh, I know you did, and, and, um, and it's, you know, it really does make a difference um, when you have full control. Um, and I just, I remember telling this guy, he, he gave me a six-figure offer back then. That was a lot of money in corporate. And I just told him, I said, I don't want to go. And he said, is it that nice? I'm, at, I'm in Hilton Head, South Carolina area. Actually, I live in Beaufort. Um, uh, businesses in Beaufort I actually live in a little town called Yamasee. Anybody that's a Marine probably knows where uh, Yamasee is. But um, 
Yeah, I just, I said, no. I said, call me in 18 years and I'll see if I'm interested. He says, isn't that nice? I said, no. I got two boys. And I said, I don't want to lose that time. So um, this this business allowed me to do that. And, and um, I did. And now they're grown and I'm going to be a granddaddy soon. And that's going to be really, um, <laughs> I'm excited. But um, yeah, so we've been doing this for, uh, for a lot of years. And I've, you know, the one thing I think about, though, that I, I feel like I have done right is I never really have churned employees that much. Um, you know, most of the guys that have worked for me have moved on, but it was after five, six, seven years. And I saw garage door companies in our market that would turn people over in months. And um, I just been really I'll blessed. I'll push them out in a guy. month if I don't think yeah. they fit. Yeah, well, but yeah, but I'm talking about you know they just saying. continuously. I know there's one company, and I know the owner, and he's a great guy. But um, you know, I went and saw him went down there six months. I was about maybe about nine months ago, and I went back to to stop by and pick up some doors that were going to be delivered to me from a different company, and. Um, you know, it was fascinating to to see that the only there was only one person there that actually knew <laughs> from the last time I was there, and that really surprised me. And when you're doing what we do, it's um, you know that can cause a lot of problems. And um, but you know the 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 thing I've gotten most about being here is is um, is I've redefined my excitement in the in the business. You know, I'm I'm sitting here 60, and there's probably a lot of guys out there that are in my say boat going looking at 65 or 70 when do you want to retire um and and it's like you know i was a year or so ago i was really saying like should we just close the doors take the money and close the doors and um but you know i was tied in by everybody knows about um roman and we had a long talk and he turned me on to a podcast and from a podcast i heard about a gdu group and and it was like all of a sudden i'm in much the guys that are young and that's the one thing i've learned working with younger people will keep you excited, you know, and it's fun to watch you guys and everybody that I've met and their, their dreams, even though we're all doing something a little bit different. Um, we still, you know, we can bounce off ideas and, and I don't mind being the old fart in the group. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's really kind of cool because it, it fires my excitement up, you know, watching you, Sebastian, and, and you guys, you know, the things you want to do and Marty and, you know, and it's, um, it's kind of fun. You know, I've been through Sebastian a lot. takes visionary to like a whole Yeah, that's new true. Level. <laughs> that's true. But it, you know, it 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 really does make a difference. And and being being a part of a of a group of like minded people, and we have a lot more in common. We can talk, you know, talk technical, or we can talk. We all we're all dealing with kind of the same situations. But you know, and that and that was fun to watch culture because I don't. I'm on the South Carolina State Workforce Development Board, and I'm. I talk a lot about that. I call it my, my, my unpaid full-time job, but I love it. And one of the reasons why I love it is because I love working, you know, coming up with small ideas, and that's what my committee does. It looks over the horizon and sees what's coming. And corporate culture is huge for our future workforce. Um, it's, uh, it's a big deal, and it's something that you've got to think about when you're, when you're growing. Uh, and, and, again, I, I know I was, I was shocked when I heard him say, well, I got rid of one of my best installers um, because he didn't fit in our culture. And, and that's what we actually hire for now. Um, that's total. I don't care if they know what they're doing. I can teach them. Um, and I can teach them the way I want it done. But, um, you know, one of the things that I have learned last year that really kind of slapped me in the face was, you know, especially when pricing, all of a sudden everybody's offering a lot of money. Um, 
you know, there's an age group out there that, that, that wants X number of dollars per hour, but they have no clue how much more you pay for benefits like time off and, and um, health insurance if you offer it and retirement stuff. They got no clue. Um, what that real we look at it from the backside. So you know you got an employee that that's taking home twenty two dollars an hour, but you may you you know you're paying them twenty five twenty eight an hour just, just to pick up that. their benefits. So in our twenty twenty two kickoff meeting that we did Monday, uh, we showed an example of what the total investment is into a forty thousand dollar employee. Mm-hmm. It came out to be like forty almost forty seven thousand dollars. Yeah. And so there was like a six thousand and some change difference between what what their total compensation is, but what they're looking at is uh, twenty or twenty five percent taken out of forty, right? Which is what thirty thousand dollar take home, mm-hmm. but the investment to have them as an employee is like forty six. That's a pretty big difference. It's huge. It's huge, right? and a lot of people don't don't a lot of employees don't realize. So, you know, one of the things we adopted is, okay, I sat down and went through this, and we have a smorgasbord of benefits, and I show them what they cost, and I say, you tell me what you want. What, what's important to you? Time off, sick days. Um, you know, we're working on flex schedules. That's an idea that, that we got, and I heard that on a podcast, and my guys went uh, really – I was surprised how responsive they were to that idea. So, you know, we're going to – that's one of the things I'm going to work on, and um, – and it and it's important, um, you know. And, and the other thing about it, and especially when you have a small company, I think the key thing is, and you all probably agree that your employees are your family, extended family. So you know more about them than you know. Big companies, you can kind of get away from that, but we know everything. So, um, and I, I think that that a lot of people are attracted to that, attracted to that relationship, and um, you know, doing fun things, going out you know, doing whatever you want to do for fun, like you guys going out to dinner and um, you guys going throwing axes and stuff like that, you know, that, that really creates, creates family. And, 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 and I think about all the guys that have worked for me, um, you know, I still have relationships with guys that worked for me 20 years ago. Um, You know, and I get guys that'll, that'll, that have worked for me off and on while they're doing things in gaps and, and I just I'm really excited about that. So it's good. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, I think it's really important, and that's something I've really gotten new ideas for. So it's good. And I kept it under my time limit. So. No. I mean, you're a couple minutes. Over. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's much improved. My than wife I is it was rolling her eyes as we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we're definitely not in an hour, which I was surprised, but that was good. Very helpful. Thank you. All right, Jason Meadows. Yes, sir. Introduce yourself. Where are you from? <coughs> Florida. You oh. have to get a little bit closer. Talking to the Mikey phone. About right here. Pretty close. Yeah, you're good right there. Originally from Florida, flew out to if Texas. You're look at me. Pull the mic this way, and uh, I know I'm sexy, so it's tempting. <laughs> it's hard to yeah. resist. <laughs> flew out to Texas about a year and a half ago. Um, originally from Florida, and yeah, started the business, uh, started running Meadows Garage Doors, and trying to uh, build some momentum. It's been uh, fun. I think we started the GDU maybe three, four months, and it was one of those uh, almost 
this is awesome, you know, joined immediately when we, uh, when we called, I think you were, uh, went to give me a pitch and I was like, yep, I'm signing up and then, uh, jumped into a meeting. What was it? Like 10 minutes or right after our phone call. Oh, you went straight into it after yeah. you signed up? Yep. That's funny. Literally, the uh, the meeting was like 10 minutes after our first <laughs> phone call. And, uh, Talk about closing. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, no. if you he sign up right now, you can get in this meeting that happens. It was funny, minute. Ryan. Make sure you got my deposit first. <laughs> <laughs> make sure. All right, you're clear. Let her you waited on that credit card to clear. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Then we, uh, yeah. That's awesome. So you guys do uh, residential. You guys do any commercial? A little bit. Like uh, I only do it for like previous customers, but sure. I don't really feel like stocking all of the equipment. Um, Can imagine why. Yeah, no. Commercials right. a pain in the butt. So you flew in with all these crazy dudes. Um, what's a takeaway that you feel was valuable to you and your company? The transparency and ease and flow of information is, uh, I think, sets the tone. Yeah, I'm over transparent. A lot of people tell me, but I've got nothing to hide. And so uh, when you have nothing to hide, transparency comes a lot easier. And then, like, if someone views it differently, it might be an opportunity for you to change it. Or you might be doing it right you know there's people that tell me i do stupid shit all the time um like does that make me want to change it makes me want to keep doing it honestly because i don't want to do the status quo but i think transparency like a lot of business owners uh give me a hard time because i'll let my staff see the cost on doors so they can mark it up but what's the alternative like uh because we sell so many different doors I would have to hire a staff person to build out the quotes and do it. Like, why? Like, I just want to empower my staff to do it from A to Z um, and hire professionals that can handle that part. It makes all the guys just take ownership. Yeah. And uh, they just step up. It makes it a lot easier for them to step up. Yeah. Because even the, the two guys, we got two full-time guys. And they want to take on more responsibility, but I don't think I've given them the access to the information that they need. Well, you can grow faster when everything doesn't have to funnel through you. Yep. Right? And then you just, like, let it go. I think as business owners, we hold on so tight to certain things. And we're like, oh, I can, nobody can do this as well as I can do it. But then it gets to the point where even you can't do it as well as you could do it if you were dedicated to it, right? But you're doing 15 things good where you could literally hire someone to do that one thing great, even if it's not as good as you would have done it if that was your only job. So I would rather have somebody focus on 100% doing it good than me doing it bad, right? And so it just gets to the point where you have to, like, let go eventually – I think that's probably one of the biggest issues with business owners, in my opinion. <coughs> Which I agree, and I know there's going to be some room of error yeah. once you actually give over all the information, let yeah. them, you know, decide, let make some make decisions. decisions. But uh, yeah, being on almost probably fifty percent of the calls because they're calling me over and over and over again, it's uh, yeah, it's getting old. 
So it'll get to the point where you decide I'm not doing this anymore and then hand it off. And we'll all get there. And there's little things all of us do, right? Like reflect on yourself. And then like there's that one book Jocko wrote, uh, Extreme Ownership. Like that as a business owner, there's not a better book. And and like we have we have we've had employees where uh, I find out afterwards that they stole from me. I'm like, that was my fault. I didn't have good inventory system, didn't have good accountability, you know, all that. That's my fault, right? If I had all that, that probably wouldn't have happened. If I hired that guy, had I not hired him, then it wouldn't have been a problem. So like when you start looking at everything that way, then you're like you start to see, well, I'm human, like. I can only do so much. So I need to hire good people, put them in good position, and give them the tools they need to succeed. And without that, we just don't have an effective business. Um, so anything else you guys want to share? Actually, real quick, I was doing some math over here just to make sure that I got the numbers right. My wife and I figured out the other day that, you know, when when we invest in that one hour a week that we're taking with our employees – I don't think that it really gets acknowledged that per employee on average it's costing us with with payroll taxes about $8,156 per employee. Yeah, about. <laughs> it's exactly. I, cents. I left you there's my 25 cents right there. About about yeah, about about well about about 8 grand, you know. And, uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> and you, know, you can remove the about when you tell the story. About yeah, about 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 eight thousand dollars, and uh, that's per employee. That's that's one hour each. You know, that's that's one hour out of the out of the each day, it, or that's also included one hour that gets wasted too. Um, so it's so you're doing an hour every day. No, 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 no. My apologies. So we do one hour a week. And then we do 15 minutes. That's good. About 15 minutes a day. But then in between, there's a little bit of time that gets yeah. wasted. So you know, it's just the things that don't get realized that fall but on there's the there's deposits system. into culture. Right. Right? So, like, you have to figure out uh, dollars to culture. Culture attracts better talent or great talent. And so it's a trickle effect, right? So right. if you can get your staff bought in and then you invest in them, uh, getting them certified, getting them trained up, teaching them things they don't already know, uh, constantly working with them on personal and business stuff. Uh, that creates a better culture. The meetings, even though like it takes more time and whatever, like it may cost you that in payroll, but ultimately uh, that's help you're depositing into your culture bank. Right. Right. Uh, right. And so uh, there's a cost of that. Just like there's a cost of developing somebody's skill set, there's a cost of developing your culture. Right. And if you're not investing into it financially, then it's probably not moving in that direction anyway. Right, exactly. And that's why we we, we care about it so much because we know that this is this is one of the best investments that we have. But we don't throw – I mean, we're not going to throw that out there to our team, of course, but right. it was kind of going off what Jason As was saying. As a business owner, that's how we measure things. That's how, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And if investing that much, you might as well let them make the decisions that – in order to keep the jobs that's right rolling in i've got down. a book going. i've mentioned yeah. on here before mastering the rockefeller habits um by Vern harnish 
if you guys haven't read that book, um, strongly recommend it. It's on Audible. Um, and so uh, check that book out. He, he talks a lot about, like, structuring meetings, having them short, 15 minutes, in, out, um, having an agenda and a focus during the meeting. Um, you know, one of the things is that I find a lot with our managers meetings, we'll all come in, open up our laptops and start like banging out emails. And then it's like five pass when we're start meeting and then we'll start talking and then another person will start typing on their email. And I'm like, let's close our computers. Let's have a conversation. Right. And put your phones down and let's just chat. And so, um, it's easy to be distracted, but here's what I've also found. Like, and I learned this working from home is that, um, if you're disciplined with your time and when it's time to knock out all the BS work, then you can get it done a lot quicker than if you like just do it gradually little pockets and you do it more effectively. Right. So if you, uh, if you're working from home, if you have like a 12 hour window that you can work, a lot of times what you're doing is that you're like working while you're eating. You're not working at full capacity. You're working while you're doing this. You're not working at full capacity. But if you were to just go in your office and block everything off for six hours, which is half the time or whatever, you can get more accomplished during that amount of time focusing strictly on what you have to do than trying to like multitask or do other things. And so uh, as business owners, a lot of times we have to challenge our staff and ourselves, me, hey, I'm guilty as charged, right? But we have to recognize that in ourselves and that's just being self-aware and understanding and uh, and trying to take that. And we talked about being intentional um, and I think that's super important. That was like my theme like two years ago was be intentional, you know, be present, be intentional. And, uh, and so every year we have a theme. Uh, this year we made every detail matters, right? And so when you fix all the big stuff, now it's time to hone in on the little stuff and just get really good at blocking and tackling before we can get into entry doors or windows or garage storage or flooring or whatever, right? Whatever we want to do, we can't do that well if we don't have the blocking and tackling figured out and what we're doing now. And so that's what we're talking about is, you know, every detail matters. Um, and that's kind of what we'll start drilling into everybody's head every single day, Um and then that way when they're out and about and they're like, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm tired, whatever. It'll be like every detail matters. And when we go do a quality control check, hey, bro, I know yeah. this isn't a big deal to you maybe, but every detail matters. This is important. We like our wires to be nice and clean. You know what I'm saying? We want them this way. This is how we trained you. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. And once the guys get that concept and they buy into it, now you're not only good at the big things and just installing the garage door, but you're good at all the little things that make a difference and you can charge more for that because now your guys are bought into all the details and now you have guys who are trying to do it at your standard or as close to it as possible and then you have more confidence of sending those guys out to do the work that you feel like you're best at, right? So, um, sorry, I'm rambling. I knew we had one extra person in Jay in this group, and so it was going to go a little over. Uh, listen, if you guys are listening to this podcast, we love some feedback. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook. Like our Facebook page, Torch and Talk Podcast. Uh, make sure you support our sponsors because without them, we couldn't do this. Uh, they've helped me build my studio and um, help pay for Tamara to organize all the interviews and all that. So we 
greatly appreciate you guys checking those guys out. Uh, like their Facebook page and uh, support them by their products. We love you. Thank you. And be safe.